Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I am the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm back. And better than ever. I wouldn't go that far, but I'm definitely back. (laughs) And we are excited that you're back as well. And we uh, give thanks for Hannah Wilder and Demetrius Gregg for being awesome humans and for being on the podcast last week with you, Charlotte. Yes, we had a great time. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, And we are coming here today to talk to you about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, Sunday, October 24th. Oh my gosh. Is Halloween next, the next Sunday? It's crazy. It is. Should we dress up for that podcast? Yeah, for sure. Or we'll just at least say that we are dressed up. Uh, All Hallows Eve next week, but we're not there yet. We're talking about this Sunday, October 24th, which is proper 25 in Mark's Gospel, year B, for those following along in their liturgical calendars. And uh, before we get to that, though, we always like to check in about where we saw or felt God moving this past week. And since I have had two weeks to find God somewhere, (laughs) it's my turn. (laughs) I'm always on the lookout, not always feeling it, but I am thinking. And this past, the reason I wasn't on the podcast last two weeks was that uh, my wife and I were back in Kansas City, where her whole entire family is. And uh, we were there for two reasons. We were there for a a wedding of a childhood friend of hers and for a memorial service for her uncle, Steve, who died in March of 2020, unrelated to COVID, but during COVID. So Mm -hmm. it's been a year and a half since he died and no one's been able to do any kind of memorial service or anything. Um, But I think the place, I felt God in both places. And it was interesting because I went to a wedding on Saturday and a memorial service on Monday and uh it rained during the wedding and it was like bright and sunny and beautiful on during the memorial service and I had this thought (laughs) I had this thought about that that uh that saying about how it's a good luck to have rain on your wedding day Mm -hmm. and and then this feeling of like this like moment of everybody finally coming coming together and grieving the loss of this amazing person called Steve and it being like this beautiful sunny day and I was I had this uh this thought that I felt God in which was like that maybe the reason that like rain on your wedding day is is a blessing is because it's like combining like this I don't know I had this feeling of like maybe it's like death and new life like all mixed together and like that then have the have the experience of like this beautiful like kind of day of like life and celebration of life in the midst of you know grieving someone dying was that experience as well and i think that's like a cool that's like a i think one of the unique witnesses of the christian tradition and i i really think so many spiritual and religious traditions is just like 
the the like thinness of the membrane between life and death you know and how um in our in our best moments we're we're seeing them both not as like opposites but but as kind of like partners in reality and so it was like so cool to be at this wedding where it was like raining and it was like it felt like this kind of like anointing of the moment you know and and to be in that kind of like celebratory space but also have this like gloom and darkness all around felt like so right you know in a way and it wasn't sad that it wasn't it wasn't bright and sunny out like everyone was everyone was happy about it and and then to have that day of of grieving in the sunlight and the and the new life kind of feeling was was amazing was like a thin kind of experience as well so so that's where I felt God that this past week in those three days of having a wedding and then a memorial service a funeral and celebrating and grieving and and it not feeling like two different things but like one big mixture of life and death fullness right mm-hmm. like yeah I'm listening to you I'm thinking about how carefully joy and sorrow are always wrapped together mm-hmm. and for you I think that it was really time in its in a period of time they were wrapped together right. also right mm-hmm. but that that's true but that's deep and true of how God experiences the world I would think every day because it's not just me <laughs> it's, it's all of us in that joy and that sorrow and that complicatedness of love in each of those situations and how when they're all wrapped together that way the beauty of the experience mm-hmm. so beautiful mm-hmm. so thank you all for listening to my story that was my god sighting this last week and we want to hear your stories too we want to hear your uh, where you felt God or didn't feel God, consolations or desolations, where uh, what questions came up for you this week uh, about the gospel or any kind of thoughts or comments about it. Uh, we would always love to hear from you. Anything you'd like to tell us or share with us, send to us. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, myfaith2go.org. There's a messaging function on the website. And you can also uh, tag us or direct message us on Instagram. You can find us at faith to go. And without further ado, we will now talk about the gospel for this coming week. Um, The gospel is Mark 10, 46 to 52 for this proper 25 in year B, October 24th in 2021. Charlotte is going to read it and then we'll uh, each share a point that we hope you take into your week of faith discussion and reflection. Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, 
Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed him on the way. All right. So we are at the, this is the last story in chapter 10 of Mark's gospel, which we've been in for the last few weeks. Um, and they are getting so close to Jerusalem. Let me tell you, Jericho, which we all remember from the Hebrew scriptures and the battle of Jericho and the trumpets and the wall falling down. Uh, Jericho is actually just right down the hill that Jerusalem is located on top of. So it's not very far from Jerusalem. So they're now down closer to Jerusalem than Galilee, which is where they have been for this whole beginning part of Mark's gospel. And actually the very first story in Mark chapter 11. So the very next thing that happens after this is Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday, Passion, Passion Sunday. So um, we are making that transition now in Jesus's ministry from you know, this wandering around in all these different parts of Judea, uh, healing and teaching and, and, and moving into this kind of final stage of Jesus's life and ministry in Jerusalem, celebrating the Passover arrest and all those things we know so much about. So, but this is the last thing that Jesus does before he goes into Jerusalem, which is important and significant and this interaction and, uh, so that's where he is in Jericho at the bottom of that uh, Jerusalem hill on the way. And that's where we are. So I have the first point. So we're talking about uh, Bartimaeus here, son of Timaeus, as you can tell, because Timaeus is in his name, Bartimaeus. And um, I was just, I was struck in this, in this story of about how the people are trying to keep Bartimaeus quiet. So we have this guy, Bartimaeus, who is blind, who is sitting on the side of the road in Jericho, which is, I'm assuming, a place where he is usually set up trying to ask people for money, you know, to just trying to survive. Um, as a blind person, there's probably not a lot he can do in this moment in time. And so he's an extremely vulnerable person and someone that has been suffering for a long time. And so is kind of uh, leaning on all the people passing by to help him. And on this particular day, Jesus is one of those people. And so he's obviously heard of Jesus. Word has reached Jericho about this Jesus of Nazareth person and what he can do and the fact that he's healed people because Bartimaeus knows enough about Jesus to, to cry out to him over and over and over again from the side of the road. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it's interesting to me, this reaction of the people around. It's not necessarily just the disciples. We've already had a story about the disciples rebuking someone for healing other people. If you remember a few weeks ago, the disciples came to Jesus and told them that they stopped someone uh, um, Sent, driving out evil spirits from people in the name of Jesus because they weren't following him and Jesus was not happy about that. And similarly here, we have this group of people, potentially the disciples as well, yelling at this person to be quiet and let Jesus pass, which is just so interesting because it's pretty clear if, if Bartimaeus, who sits on the side of the road every day, knows that Jesus heals people, assuming all these people following Jesus also know that, that he heals people. That's kind of one of his things that he does. And yet they, they seem to be 
very actively trying to keep Bartimaeus from being healed and keep Bartimaeus from yelling to Jesus. And so it's just like the, the question came up for me. And like the thing that it made me think of was just like the, this, the re, what is this, how, where is this reaction coming from, from these people, you know, that know that Jesus heals, that, have, that are aware of his ability to do such a thing. And here's a person that needs healing and they are trying to silence him in his suffering. And it just made me think of like how, how human our reaction this is, because I felt this reaction and we, I think we see it a lot and we experience it a lot in different people and different interactions we have. Um, just like how uh, the, the amount of like discomfort that comes up for us when we, when we come into contact with other, another person's suffering. And like how it's not, I think just, I think it's like an, a, a, something that is, has to be cultivated in us over the course of our life to be able to sit with someone in their suffering. And these people are pretty actively and directly trying to silence this person in, in Bartimaeus's suffering. But I think we do it in a whole lot more subtle ways. And I think we experience this or have, have done it ourselves. And it's just, it's like any time that it's that. And the, so the ways that I've, I've experienced it happening are like when, I don't know, when you tell someone something painful that's happened and they try to like tell you that it's going to be okay, or they tell you why it's okay, or they tell you why you shouldn't worry or why you shouldn't be sad about it. Um, and they try to like, or they try to tell you how to fix the problem when I think we've all experienced this, when like really what we want is someone to just be with us, to hear us, to like maybe tell, say back to us what they heard us say, to like sit with us in our pain and our suffering. And so I, I see that as a way of trying, of, that's like a reaction to being uncomfortable and unable to be with other people in their pain. And, and it brings up a lot of discomfort for us. And that's what's happening with this crowd. And so I think to me, the amazing thing, the example that Jesus is showing us here is towards the end here. What does Jesus do? He says, I want, I want you to tell him to come to me. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus is saying is he's like inviting that suffering closer, you know, instead of pushing it away, instead of running, running by it, instead of being like the crowd and telling him to please calm down and be quiet. He says, I want, I, please bring your suffering closer to me. So he has like this, Jesus has the capacity to like move closer to suffering, to bring suffering closer to him. And I think that's an incredible ability that he has. And I think that is like part of the way he embodies God in this moment. And then beyond that, so so then in that Jesus invites the suffering and what Jesus doesn't, Jesus probably can clearly tell that this person is blind. It wouldn't be that hard for him to see. But instead of assuming what's wrong, he then invites him to say what he needs. So mm-hmm. in that moment of suffering, he says, what do you need? Well, what, how can I be here with you? And I think that's, again, an incredible witness. And that's when the healing happens, is when, we can, when he, he's open to whatever this person needs in their suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a witness to us. To be, to be able to be with our own suffering and the suffering of the people around us and the suffering of the world, not saying, I know what you need. Let me give you advice and tell you what to do, but to be 
draw the suffering closer to ourselves and then be open, you know, to, to what is, what the person or the thing needs of us and how we can respond. And it's in that moment that, that healing can happen. I think when we can hold that space yeah, uh, and not, not like try to silence it and not try to fix it, but just try to be with it and, and bring our whole selves to that, to that moment. And David, as I was listening to you talk, I connected to it in an unexpected way because I was thinking about not just our willingness to be open to the needs of others and to invite the suffering to come closer and to partner with them in that, but I was also thinking about the times when we dismiss our own suffering, um, which is an interesting piece in this too, right? Like Bartimaeus doesn't do it, but it's so common in people that I love and care for, myself included, that when we name something hard that's happened to us, that we follow it immediately with, but it's fine, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So we say this thing that's so complicated and painful and hard, but it's fine, Mm -hmm. Um, or I'm fine, or any of that. And what is also the possibility in this, as we open ourselves up to care for others, can we provide that same openness to ourselves? Um, and is that a prayer practice? Can we crack ourselves open enough to say, what do I need in this painful moment and open ourselves up to offer that need to God? Mm-hmm. And I think that takes us to my point <laughs> a little bit, a little bit at least, mm-hmm. which is what happens here at the end. Um, but as with all of these gospel readings, even if we pick like one section to highlight in them, I feel like the thread of the whole comes through it because what I want to talk about, we hear here at the end, but it's definitely led into by all of the events forward. And that is when Jesus says right here at the end, go, your faith has made you well. And then he's given back his sight and followed him on the way. But Jesus says, go, your faith has made you well, but in all of the interaction up until this point, we don't hear any great testimony of Bartimaeus's faith. He is not standing by the side of the road proclaiming Jesus as the Lord and Savior. He is not calling to Jesus and naming all of Jesus's history of healing people and saying, I know you can do this for me too. Um, There is nothing in this story up until this point other then Bartimaeus's willingness to open himself up to Jesus that professes his faith. And I love that image, right? Like I love the image that in the willingness to say what we need, that that is a profession of faith, that our willingness to be vulnerable, to connect to God in that way, instead of saying, oh, maybe this does go back to what I just said. Instead of saying, oh, it's fine, I'm fine. Instead being like, I am suffering Mm -hmm. and this is where I am suffering. And I am opening myself up and praying to connect with you and my true self for healing. 
And I think that's really beautiful because Jesus notices him in all of the cacophony that is going on around Jesus, because it says the disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. And so, you know, just if you have been in the hubbub of a busy city, how loud that is around you. And Bartimaeus is calling out, but he's calling out from his position sitting on the ground. He sprung up to go to Jesus. He is sitting on the ground as this large crowd is leaving. And yet Jesus hears his call. He hears the faith in his call, the earnestness in which he is calling Jesus. And and Bartimaeus' unwillingness to be cast aside. His he was willing to not just humble himself, but to advocate for himself in this. And that's an interesting pairing in and of itself. But that his faith called him to call Jesus. And Jesus heard him in this and realized in the combination of those things that Bartimaeus was calling out from faith. And Jesus welcomed him with with his needs and with his pain and with his suffering to come forward and sat with him in it and then provided him with what he needed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really beautiful that in our humble openness, that that's a profession of faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also love how how like non-coercive Jesus is in these healing stories and this including this one Jesus is like what do you what do you want me to do for you mm-hmm. which is so wonderful he's not like do you want me to make help you see again no he's like what it seems like totally open maybe Bartimaeus wants something completely different than what everyone else thinks he wants you know and so Jesus mm-hmm. is like creating that space for him to really name what he desires and what he needs. And he says, my teacher, let me see again. And Jesus doesn't say, I have healed you, go. Mm-hmm. He says, go, your faith has made you well. Like, and so it's not, and so when Bartimaeus then at the very end regains his sight and follows him on the way, it's not out of like some coerced indebtedness because Jesus makes it very clear, I didn't do this for you. You did this for you. I created the space for you, your healing. And then it's like, it makes it so that it's like a really free choice for Bartimaeus to do whatever he wants next. Instead of like, I owe Jesus something. And so now I got to follow him. (laughs) So just, it's like, yeah, it's so cool to have for Jesus to create that space for him to name, like you're saying, name what he needs. And in that naming, the healing happens in the openness mm-hmm. uh, to asking for what he needs. And then that creates this kind of non-coercive moment for him to choose what he wants to do next. And that's what like Jesus is about is freedom for people. Now, that is liberation, really, because it's not just the liberation from the suffering of not being able to see, but to like liberation from any kind of bondage you know, even bondage to Jesus. Like he doesn't need to follow Jesus after this, but he does. But he might, he didn't have to. He could have just stayed. And it seems like that would have been all right. But anyway, I thought that was cool. So that's our two points. Point number one was mine. And it was about the ways that the, this, the crowd is trying to silence Bartimaeus and silence his suffering in the ways that we do the same, not just for people around us, but for ourselves and how um, 
Jesus is calling us here to cultivate in ourselves that capacity to, to, to call suffering closer, to create the space, you know, to be with people and uh, to ask for, ask them what they need and to, to be in that space with them. And number two, followed from that, that was Charlotte's point. And it was about the, the faith uh, that is inherent in asking for what we need and naming the ways we're suffering and being vulnerable. It's kind of coming from the other side of that equation. And the way that, that creating, that Jesus creates that space and that's when the healing happens. Uh, and that, that Bartimaeus has the choice then to, to do what he, he wants. You know, he is liberated in more ways than one. And we would always love to hear your third point. Uh, if you go back and read this gospel, or if you have an idea just right now, we'd love for you to send us a quick email or contact us in any of those ways that you can. Share with us your questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. You can email us at faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, myfaith2go.org. Or you can uh, direct message us or tag us on Instagram at faith2go. We will be back next week for All Hallows Eve, a.k.a. Halloween, uh, for the Sunday leading up to October 31st, proper 26. And until then, say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.